We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It was inevitable when the eternally popular Jesse White finally meant it when he said he wouldn't run for Illinois Secretary of State again. We knew it would be a crowded field. Now, a former state treasurer, two Chicago aldermen, and a first-time campaigner with, curiously, the same name as another candidate, are among those running, hoping to outwork and outdistance the pack, is Chicago City Clerk Anna Valencia. This weekend, she'll tell us how and why she could do it. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. Anna Valencia is a working mom who's credited with launching the wildly popular City Key Municipal ID card in Chicago, a card that's becoming so much more than just ID through her efforts. And if the city clerk were elected Illinois Secretary of State, she'd be the first woman and the first Latina to hold that office. It's one of the most powerful administrative offices in the state and perhaps the single biggest employer in state government. Valencia was part of then-Mayor Rahm Emanuel's government affairs team when he appointed her to take the current state controller Susana Mendoza's place as city clerk when she left that office. Well, Valencia kept the post on her own in the last election. She's been a campaign staffer for Congressman Mike Quigley and a campaign manager for Senator Dick Durbin before that. And these days she often triggers comments like, where does she get all that energy among those who are around her for any length of time? Uh, she will need that energy for this race. The Democratic primary is slated for June. Anna Valencia, welcome. Thank you so much for having me again, Craig. Well, let's uh, talk about uh, a little bit about you first. Uh, you live in Chicago, but you're not from around here. Uh, and you kind of see that as an advantage, right? Yes. Well, before I was Chicago City Clerk and the second woman and second Latina to hold that position too, I actually grew up in Granite City in the Metro East, right outside St. Louis. It's not Southern Illinois. If you know people, they will tell you it's the Metro East. <laughs> I grew up in Granite. My parents still live in the same house for 40 years. My dad is a union painter. He's been a painter for 37 years. He's eight months from retirement. This summer, my sister and I were on him because he's still striping our streets and we worry about him as he's about to turn 65. We're like, dad, slow down. He won't. That's where I get my energy. <laughs> and my mom worked in a nonprofit for over 20 years, making just $25,000 a year. She actually lost her job at age 60 during the rounder budget crisis, but through their sacrifice and hard work and opportunities that government opened, I made it to U of I, first my family to go to college and graduate. And I share this story often because it really serves as my why. 
and why I chose public office. A lot of times in this world, we don't start at the same starting point, but I believe government can be that great equalizer that allows us opportunities to open for us to be at a different finishing point and be making it even possible for me to run for secretary of state or statewide office. So that's just where I started and I get a lot of my values and the integrity. My father always told me, Anna, the only thing you have in this world is your name and your word. And if you give that up, you have nothing at all. And so it's really important that I serve with integrity, work hard like my parents and do everything I can to help working families like my parents. And I would think that uh, growing up as part of a working class family, as opposed to a political class family, which, you know, in Chicago, you get a lot of those, uh, also uh, has makes a difference in your perspective on things. A hundred percent. I never had anything handed to me. I had to work double, if not triple hard to prove myself, especially coming up in the political and government world as a woman. Looking in Granite City, there were no women electeds or really people of color in elected office to look to. Uh, when I came into even the political shop, I remember going as a campaign manager with Senator Durbin to a meeting of you know, the Speaker of the House and the Senate President and the governor at the time. And walking in, I was the only woman in the room. And I'll always remember Senator Durbin really empowering me at that moment to lead and to saying to this 28-year-old at the time, Anna, this is your meeting, run it. And I did. And I think it's so important for young people to see what's possible regarding other zip code, that if you're giving a chance and you show up and you're empowered by the right people, that you really can do anything. And I think that's what voters are looking for as well, is they want someone that's authentic with their shared lived experience and understanding. And I think that separates us in this race of being a downstater having that experience, you know, my entire life, my family, my whole family lives in the Metro East. Um, I'm the black sheep in Chicago, (laughs) (laughs) but I really had that opportunity like secretary white who grew up in Alton, very close to where I grew up um, or was born in Alton and became a Chicagoan to be a bridge builder between Chicago and downstate. And now let's talk about your current job and how that translates into an ability to run a really huge statewide office. So yes, and I wanna talk quickly about uh, why I became city clerk because my goal was always to be a chief of staff or behind the scenes. But a couple of things happened in 2016. Hillary Clinton lost and Susana Mendoza won. Susana Mendoza became our first Latina to run win statewide here in Illinois. She's only four of Latinas that are statewide elected in the country. If and when I'm elected to secretary of state, I would be number five. Talk about representation. But Hillary lost. And so there's this opportunity when we're all looking, we know what's coming into the White House. We're all scared and nervous because we know Roe v. Wade could be overturned. We have a lot of fear in our undocumented community. There was fear really among a lot of different groups that did not know what was coming to the White House. And later, four years later, we saw an insurrection, which we never thought we'd see. So I really raised my hand for the appointment and was sworn sworn in five days after Donald Trump. And so I just want to set the context of what I was walking to as city clerk of Chicago. I was 31 years old and we had to create this program called the City Key, which is a municipal ID card under 
this kind of black cat cloud and a lot of anxiety in our undocumented community of whether they would even get something like this or want to share their information with government. So we created this uh, city key, the municipal ID card in the first year. And we worked with all different communities, um, homeless community, re returning citizen community, LGBTQ community, veterans, domestic violence survivors. And we were able to come up with this ID, the first in the state to ever allow an ID to be a CTA card, a library card, a prescription discount card, and it's free. And even during the pandemic, we were printing at homeless shelters mobily and giving families this government ID then to be partnered with temporary housing. So they could actually use it for housing and to get out of the homeless shelters. Before the pandemic, we were printing it at Cook County Jail for our women's population so that when they were leaving, they had an ID that gave them dignity and allowed them to get services right away to connect with employment and housing, mental health services, all the things that we take for granted for identification. We had a 15 year old walk in and choose non-binary and leave with an ID that said who they are, which I think is very powerful. And we're the first government ID in the state to do that. So those are the type of programs that when we came in as city clerk, we had to do to stand up for people and to make sure people had access to services. And these are the type of ideals I also wanna take to Secretary of State's office that these offices can touch so many people's lives that people don't even understand. And, and Jesse White, I would think, leaves some pretty big shoes to fill. Uh, that office had, had a number of ethical problems and other things uh, uh, when he first got there. Not all of them have been solved, but uh, it's still got to, there has to be a certain amount of uh, looking at that as daunting. Well, I like to say we're going to fill those big shoes with high heels. And I think it's time for, you know, building on Secretary White's legacy. And I'm glad you brought him up. You know, he has been someone that has been a mentor for a lot of young people coming up and has shown to be able to break barriers. He's been a bridge builder. If you if you go around the state, he is loved by almost everyone in this county. He still you know, brings in the vote statewide. And he has such a heart for service and for young people. And so I just want to continue to build on that legacy. In fact, one of the things that we actually started at the city clerk's office was called a mobile city hall. And Secretary White, we modeled this off of Secretary White because he was taking state IDs and vehicle registration into the neighborhoods at the auto show, trying to meet people where they are. And so we modeled this mobile city hall to meet people where they are offering Saturday hours and evening hours so they don't have to take a day off work, find childcare or transportation to get a city sticker, to get a dog license, to get a city key. And we brought other departments with us, 10 other departments, Department of Family Support Services, the Chicago Park District, the library, so that people can get it. And I was down in South Shore at Bessemer Park on Tuesday and I met this woman, Trina, and I asked her, how did you hear about us? And she said, well, I was on the bus and I saw someone with their city key and I asked them about it and I don't have a computer at my home. So I went to the library, I looked it up, printed the flyer, put it in my building and I came and she's like, this is what we need more of. I need the services in my community so I don't have to come downtown to get this. And that really touched my heart because that's why we do this. And this is what we have to expand upon 
And so again, Secretary White has created a great legacy and I really feel that I have that experience as the city clerk to take that to the secretary's office, build upon that legacy and make it even more so and innovative and help people just get access to services they might not have been able to. And tell me in that office, where do you see uh, room for improvement? So I definitely see in a lot of government, just by being the city clerk, there's a lot of room for innovation and operational change that I think that over time, government just doesn't prioritize or invest in. And we've definitely seen that even during the pandemic show up more of where our gaps lie. So three principles that are guiding me on this campaign are equity, access, and innovation. Equity has to be the priority. And I've done this in the clerk's office from who is sitting at the table, creating the policies to who's implementing the policies matter. And when we were doing our fines and fees work three years ago, we met this bus driver on North Lawndale, father of five. He told me he had $5,000 in city sticker ticket debt. So if you do not get your city sticker at the city clerk's office, you get a $200 ticket a day. So the city told him he had to put half down, 2,500 to get on a payment plan. When he didn't have it, they suspended his driver's license he lost his CDL and he lost his ability to drive. Wrong. So we worked collaboratively with parents like him at the table, with commissioners, with general assembly members, with universities. We took down the silos and all started having a conversation together. And one of those outcomes was a bill that was led by Senator Omar Kino and Carol, State Rep. Carol Amons and Secretary White's office and Governor Pritzker signed in 2019 that we no longer suspend driver's license for non-moving violations. 55,000 residents of Chicago got back their driver's license and their ability to get to work. That's what I'm talking about when I say equity. And when I talk about who should be at the table, the people being impacted by our policies need to be at the table and have just as much power as our commissioners and our department heads. That's important. And those executing the policies have to also represent all of Illinois. So that's one equity. In terms of access, who has information, who doesn't? Who can get access to the DMV who can't? And we've seen long lines. Everyone's talking about it, right? The pandemic really showed us that we have to invest in our technology infrastructure as a city and a state. Right now in my office, I'm undergoing a city council modernization project where, where next year will be paperless for many of our committees. We're going to electronic voting. There'll be more openness in our government to see how the aldermen vote and to be able to get legislation and see real-time voting. We wanna do the same type of innovation at the Secretary of State's office. We need to overhaul it and create things like a mobile app where you can take your vision test online, you could pay online, use an e-signature, upload documents where you would not even have to go into the office, freeing up the line for people who need to go into the office. So I think that's really important that we make that a priority coming in so that we're set up for success if there are any future pandemics and we have to go completely online again. And I think, too, we have to keep the mobile services going because we also know there's a digital divide. So creating a mobile city hall type or mobile services that Secretary White has done and building upon that, bringing county and city and local government into it 
making it a one-stop shop will be very helpful for communities who have been historically not disconnected from access to information. And then lastly, what I'm really excited about is I would be the chief librarian. And I don't think a lot of people know that about the Secretary of State's office. And in Granite City, I grew up in my library. That's where my mom would drop us off for the free summer reading programs. And anything free we could get our hands on, we were there. And we also know that our libraries are not equitable. They're based on property taxes. So depending on where you live, maybe depending on how nice your library is. And we also know that our libraries were hubs for families who needed it for broadband access. So in McLean County in central Illinois, I heard from parents who told me that although their library remained closed during the pandemic, they would pull into the parking lot, download their kids, you know, e-learning materials. I hear in Chicago, the libraries remained open and families had a safe space to go with broadband access for e-learning. So we need to make sure that we create a grants program and double down on the grants program that's currently there to create technology grants as well to fill the gaps where these libraries may not have the most resources so that they can expand broadband access, rural communities, urban communities alike. They should have makers labs. They should have digital labs. Chancellor Rapper got his start at Harold Washington Library because the U Media Center. Every library across the state should be able to have access to that, not just because of private foundations or donors. So we want to use a public and private financing tool, look at capital grants programs at the federal government level. The infrastructure bill has a lot of broadband money coming in and that will go through the state. So set aside that for libraries and for our overhaul of technology infrastructure at the Secretary of State's office and make those investments because one, you bring more revenue in when people have access. And two, it's the right thing to do to set up our young people for success. And um, very lastly, because I didn't talk about this, voting access. That is a big topic that a lot of people are talking about. Other states are trying to take us back in time, but the Secretary of State can be an advocate on voting access. So we want to set up an Illinois Voting Access Commission that would bring in the Illinois Board of Elections, county clerks. Uh, General Assembly members, community-based organizations to look at voting access in terms of data security. So do you use something like blockchain for voting data security? Do we double down on vote by mail, make sure automatic voter registration is fully implemented? And I want to create a paid youth jobs program called the Civics Corps that will allow young people, regardless of zip code, to have a paid internship that would allow them to get civically engaged and register voters and their communities. And why it's so important has to be paid is because when I was growing up, I couldn't afford an unpaid internship. And if you don't have that experience on your resume, you can't get ahead or even get jobs in government later. So it's really important that that's not a barrier for all of our young people. So those are a few of our ideas that we wanna bring to the office. And you touched on uh, some ideas I was going to ask you about anyway, and I, and I may touch upon them in just a, just a minute to go a little further. But you are listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm Craig Delamore. My guest is Chicago City Clerk Anna Valencia, who is a Democratic candidate for Illinois Secretary of State. Um, and let's, let's talk about, you, you talked about the possibilities of grants and federal funds, but uh, obviously, some of the kinds of technology things you're talking about are going to have to come from state and money as well. And at a time when 
a state like Illinois is having problems with its uh, its finances, uh, how do you get the kind of commitment that you're going to need at the level that you're going to need for these kind of technological things? They would benefit down the road, but at the outset, it's 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 a dollar figure, and it's a uh, you know there's there's a price tag for it. 100%. Well, first, I have established a lot of relationships with the state legislature and the governor's office already. And I've done that at the city council level and the mayor's office here. No matter who was mayor or city council members, always had a relationship with them. And relationships are everything. And I think being able to also convey, and I think a lot of people feel it and see it too, they see the lines. They are just as frustrated as our regular customers. And so we will really see the investment paid off, um, being able to serve more folks. And I think also what we are seeing with our city council modernization effort is that once we're fully implemented, this will pay for itself over time and the efficiencies and the revenue that you'll be generating over time is worth it. And I think that will be the same thing for the technology infrastructure investment is that you will see efficiency streamlined. You'll see additional revenue coming in because it's easier and more accessible for people to do. And you won't see the lines. And I think uh, we need to make sure that's a priority. That's a revenue generating office. And I think any investments in a revenue generating office is always smart investments. So I feel like once we are able to work with the General Assembly and the governor's office, that we'll have support for this. And again, I think a lot of this money can come through the federal government through this infrastructure bill, because it is technology infrastructure that will then help bring additional revenue in needed for roads and bridges and the road fund. Uh, and let's talk about the the uh, possibility of an app. Uh, I, I don't think the problem would be developing an app. The there are people who do that and can come up with great ideas. Does the computer system for the Secretary of State's office, will it be, is it adept enough uh, or, you know, flexible enough that it can take an app <laughs> or will you I need think, a whole new system? I think we're going to need a whole new system. Hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that's like with my system now at the city council has not been up, you know, upgraded in 20 years, Craig. I mean, my team and the clerk's office on the back end are hand putting votes and <laughs> we're manual inputting. We are scanning paper into systems and printing it out. I mean, in the city count and the city council division, it's very archaic and it's just been an investment we haven't made as a city. And I think the same at the state. There's like you you made a great point. If you're choosing between mentoring programs or technology infrastructure, I'm with you. We have to we have to do mentoring programs and you know, business grants, all the things we need for our state to thrive. But I also think we're at a period in history with this pandemic that has shown that if we don't invest in our technology infrastructure, we're not going to have secure data, which we definitely want to keep people's um, data secure. And we're not going to be able to build things like a mobile app or code to make sure that our systems are talking to other departments and other county clerks and not and making sure we can do those easy transactions online and behind the scenes. So it, I'm not gonna I'm not going to tell you it's gonna be easy, but I can do hard things. I've done this for the last four years. We have done this with we in the last four years we've created a municipal ID card, the city key. We've overhauled our fines and fees reform and made that a topic of discussion that even the mayor is talking about. 
we've created a next gen city council program with Chicago public schools, civics, um, high schools, which I didn't talk about. We created a status women and girls working group with the pink new deal. We are overhauling our city council modernization project right now. So we've done that in four years. I have the experience to take that to secretary of state's office and, and can implement. I think people can talk about policies all day long, but it's different when you really need to implement and execute something well. And that is a strength that I can bring. Uh, digital driver's licenses, licenses are, are getting a lot of attention and talk in this campaign. Some of it earlier than others. Uh, but is it, is, is this, the future? Uh, is this really where things are going? Or is it, you know, another nice technological gimmick, but you've still got to do the basics? I think it's, I think it's an and also digital driver's license are a way of the future. I think that is coming. But we also have to remember there's a digital divide in this country, and even the city and state. So not everyone is set up for success. I told you, the woman I met, Trina did not have a computer at home. There's a lot of communities that don't have broadband access. And so you, you still need to have physical locations and places for people to go as you're on ramping to a digital ID. But look at the city key. It's a four-in-one city key. It's a, one, it's a four-in-one government ID. And we're looking at exploring it to be much more than that. We can print it in 10 minutes. We print it mobily so you don't have to wait or have it mailed. So it, there are technology advances and innovation of the future and I'm really excited to dig into that and see what kind of stakeholders we can bring to the table to see how we do that. Uh, I want to also touch on another thing that uh, the office has to deal with, and that's organ donations. Um, do you have any uh, ideas or, or is there anything, is that going so well that you don't really have to worry about it or are there other things that you could do? Well, I'm a huge supporter of the gift of hope and actually was just down there for a groundbreaking. They're going to be doing um, between Malcolm X and gift of hope and, and others to really build upon their success. And my dad is actually a kidney, kidney transplant survivor. So he's had his kidney for two years. My aunt is a living donor and it, you know, this is something near and dear to my heart because for three years I saw my dad go through dialysis four times a day while still working a full-time job and not just any job, you know, a labor job. And he never once complained. He never took a day off work, called in sick because he wasn't feeling well. I mean, the guy is just my, I admire his work ethic. And I also saw him deteriorating and it's very hard for families to see this. And I worried even if my dad would meet my little girl and would know her. And I'm so thankful that my aunt was able to give as a donor and a, a year from when my daughter was born, my dad received his kidney transplant. And so I just really stress the need that we have to get more people donating organs. And even in our communities and black and brown communities, it's very taboo. So we have to make sure that our communities understand it fully. We partnered with Gift of Hope to ensure there was an organ donation option on the city key. So that's something that we are pushing also on the city key municipal ID card is asking people to be organ donors. Um, there's so much more we can do in terms of education, in terms of making sure that surrogates are talking to our communities. I think Secretary White, again, has been a great advocate and is always talking about organ donation and the importance of it. And so I just want to keep building upon the success that he has made and, and look at any of other innovative partnerships we can make. Um. 
we only have about a minute left. Uh, how do you break through and and get ahead in a race where one candidate, Alexei Janulius, the former state treasurer, has raised already more money than the rest of the field combined and uh, is a, enough of an insider that he uh, is getting a lot of big endorsements uh, from party regulars? Well, I think our voters are looking for something new and fresh and not an insider. They're looking for someone that's authentic and here to serve with highest integrity. And unfortunately, money in politics is, you know, everyone thinks money just defines the front runner who's going to win. And it's not, and it should be based on merit, but the Supreme Court has done what it's lent. But we're going to have just what we need to get our message out and tell our story. And I think that's really important. Voters are looking for someone they can connect with that has a, a results. I think also being from downstate and Chicago and being that bridge builder is also important. And that's what we're going to bring, a fresh face. And Craig, I hope your listeners will go to our website at voteannavalencia.com, sign up to volunteer, donate. We need grassroots donations. We're going to be built on grassroots donations. And I'm very proud of that because that means we have buy-in and we're, we're selling something that people want to be a part of. So elect us as the first woman and Latina mom and millennial secretary of state. Thank you, Craig. <laughs> Thank you. That is Anna Valencia, secretary of state candidate who is better known as the Chicago city clerk. Thanks for spending the half hour with us to our listeners. If you would like a copy of this program or to hear it again, please visit our website at WBBMnewsradio.com. There's a link on the homepage. You can also find our podcasts on odyssey.com. We'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.